thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. We are so glad you've joined us today for Jesus the Healer. Welcome. We invite you to get your Bible, get a notepad or some kind of device, take notes and follow along with us. And I say, release your faith because we're believing God for answers for yes. you and for light to come of the word. Amen. Amen. Listen, Amen. it's when you get the word in you that it makes all the difference. It's when you get thrilled with the Word that it makes all the difference. We've been looking in the past episodes about Jesus' um, healing ministry while He was here on the earth. And uh, we're taking these different accounts and we're studying them verse by verse because as we study them, we can see all that we need to do to receive healing and all that we need to do to minister healing. Amen. 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 So let's look today in Luke chapter 5 and verse 17. Luke chapter 5 and verse 17, and we'll read together. It says, One of those days as Jesus was teaching, there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by, which had come from every village and town of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. Couldn't we say this is a minister's meeting? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is a, a gathering of especially, of course, the public would have been there, but they're, they're spotlighting the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, yes. that they've come from all this region. And it says, look at this, and the power of the Lord was present with him to heal them. Who was, who, that power was present for who? For them. Who's the them it's referring to? Those it listed in that verse, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, and they, they had come from all that whole region. Think about it. If these people would have received healing, they would have carried that message and that power back to all their regions. That's right. That's right. So it says that the power of the Lord was present to heal them. So this gives us insight of what Jesus was teaching. What, what was Jesus teaching? Well, what was the power there to do? It was there to heal. So you have to learn this about when you teach the word, what you teach is what will manifest. If you need healing, you have to feed on healing. If you want healing to flow in a service, you have to teach on it. So now we know what Jesus was teaching on because this is what manifested. And so evidently he was teaching on this flow and this flow came into manifestation. Why? Because what, what the word that is preached is what God's going to confirm. Right? So I say, pastors, if you want healing to flow in your churches, teach on it. 
Amen. Amen. Uh, then you'll have it flowing and operating. Amen. Amen. Believers, when you need healing, hear it. Yes. Yes. Study it. Feed on it because Amen. that is what's going to flow. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So Jesus taught the people because he knew that was their need. That he wouldn't be teaching something that they didn't need. Right. 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 And, and I pastored for 25 years and my goal was always in pastoring to give the people something to live on every day. That's always been my goal in the messages that I would preach is I want to teach them what do you do in the middle of the night when your baby's sick? What do you do when unexpected bills show up? I always wanted to teach them something to live on. I call that sheep food. I want to give them sheep food, something that is going to nourish them for their everyday life. Amen. So this spirit anointed teaching, because Jesus was anointed with the, with the Holy Ghost. Amen. This spirit anointed teaching created a setting that was conducive to the power of God that came into operation. Amen. When we teach the word as it ought to be taught, power will begin to manifest. Amen. Amen. Teaching under the anointing will not turn it dry. (laughs) It'll be, it sets the stage for power to flow. Amen. Amen. And it states that the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Those present, the Pharisees, the doctors, the law, the ministers of the day, Why? Because Jesus wanted to get this message in the ministers of the day. If Jesus can get the revelation of healing into the ministers, they can carry it to the masses. Verse 18 and 19 says, And behold, some men were bringing on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed, and they tried to carry him in and lay him before Jesus but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd. So there were a lot of people there, weren't there? They went up on the roof and they lowered him with his stretcher through the tiles into the midst in front of Jesus. So there were four men carrying this paralyzed man. They had faith. Why? You don't haul a sick man, a crippled man on a bed up on a roof if you don't expect something. (laughs) They're expecting something to happen. And you know what I think is so wonderful and so precious is they loved their friend. These four men were interested in their friend being healed. You know, it needs to matter to us whether or not people are healed. It needs to matter to us. It mattered to these men. Amen. Amen. Uh, And not only that, these were faith friends. We don't know who came up with the idea of the roof (laughs) being the best access for them right then. But it was. We don't know whether it was the man on the bed that said, hey, Frank, get me up there. Or is it Frank who said to the man, you know what? If we can get you up there, we'll get you down in front of you. We don't know which one initiated that thought, but we all know this. There were five of them there, the one on the bed and the four hauling them. All five of them agreed. Right. Yeah, they're good friends. I call them faith friends. 
You need to have faith friends because there are sometimes your faith might not be able to arrive by itself. But if you have faith friends, they'll help haul your faith up. (laughs) They'll pull it up and pull you up with it. And that's exactly what happened. And the room was so full that they couldn't enter in through any other way. They made their own entrance. Faith does not need an entrance. It'll make an entrance. It will author an entrance. It will find a way to get it done. Uh, my, my husband used to make this statement all the time and we so appreciate it around here. He said, faith will do whatever it takes. This is an, a prime example of faith doing whatever it took. And what it took was hauling the man up on the roof. What it took was dismantling the roof. What it took was laying him down in front of Jesus and expecting that whether it's Jesus's house or whoever's house it was, that somebody won't going to get mad. (laughs) Because the roof just got taken apart. Amen. Faith will inconvenience itself. How inconvenient that was. They could have said, you know what? No, if, if God wants you healed, uh, you're going to have to wait till we can get you through a door or a window or whatever. Right. Well, faith doesn't sit back and wait for something to happen. It makes something happen. Yes. Good. It took a very inconvenient action. Amen. Amen. Right. Notice this. The man didn't just sit at home and say, well, if God wants to heal me, he'll right. heal me. Right. That kind of mentality is wrong thinking. It's wrong thinking. Because God does want you healed and he did do something. He sent Jesus. Now, the word tells us, remember when Jesus would use birds as illustrations in his sermons? And he would say, look at the birds. They don't sow, they don't reap, but your father cares for them. What's that mean? How How does God care for them? He fills the earth with their food. He fills it. God doesn't care for them by throwing seed into their nest, by throwing food into their nest. They got to get up out of their nest. And they got to go out and lay hold of what he stocked the earth with. That's how he took care of them. Don't lay in your room. Lay in your house and just expect God to show up and dump something on you. Get up and go to where power's flowing. Get up and go to where the word is being preached. Get up and go to where the word is being taught. Amen. Don't just sit at home with wrong things and say, well, if he'll if he wants me healed, he'll heal me. Birds will die sitting in the nest saying, if God wants to feed me, he'll feed me. They you know what they do? They go out and they gather. This is what faith does. It goes out and gathers up healing power. It gathers up revelation. It gathers up the light of the word. It doesn't just sit in bed and wait for something to be dropped on it. Amen. And this man, he was laying in a bed, but notice he got that bed out of the house. (laughs) Faith friends. If you don't have somebody that'll help you get your bed out your house, you need some more friends. Amen. I mean, you have the healing, the healing evangelists of the healing revival that happened 1947 through 1958. How many times they would go to one location in a city and people would come on stretchers and hospital beds. They would, they would inconvenience themselves. And no telling how many of them went against doctor's orders, right? To even do that, to be moved around. But they inconvenience themselves. Why? Because they believed something would happen. Amen. 
These are house climbers here. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And they're, they're, because they believe something will happen. Right. You got to love that kind of, that yeah. spirit of faith, that raw faith. Right. Amen. Yeah. Faith will do what's inconvenient right. to get its needs met. Uh, you think, well, that's too inconvenient to do something like that. Can I tell you what's inconvenient? Being paralyzed and can't get out of a bed. Now that's inconvenient. <laughs> Amen. That's why you don't want to just attend the church that's most convenient. Because they might not be teaching you what you need in your life. Go where God tells you to go. Go where the Spirit of God directs you to go. Convenient or not convenient. Because that's where your needs are going to get met. Amen. Verse 20 says, And when Jesus saw, this is the Amplified, it says, When he saw, when Jesus saw their confidence in him, springing from their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. I like this. It says, when he saw their faith. Yes. This is the power of agreement, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The sick man had faith. The paralyzed man had faith. But his four faith friends brought their faith, and Jesus saw their faith as a whole. Yes. He saw their faith. He didn't have to hear it. He saw it. Faith, faith is to become an act. Yes. And until it's an act, it's not fulfilled yet. Amen. Your faith can go further. He saw their faith. Faith becomes visible through our actions. People can say they have faith, but you've got to see what are they doing. That's the show of faith. Amen. So when Jesus saw this man's condition, he said, your sins are forgiven you. Now, isn't that interesting? He starts talking about sin when he's paralyzed. Uh, so when sin entered the earth through Adam, sickness entered at the same time. Jesus let the man know your sins are forgiven you. We have to think, well, did the man do something? Was he uh, living a lifestyle of sin that opened the door? We don't know this, but we do know that he's forgiven. Amen. Amen. And so many times when people are sick and they go to receive something from God, the devil will, the devil will point back, well, see, look how bad you've been. Look how you've missed God. Look how you've sinned. He will try to get them to dismiss themselves from their miracle by looking at their sin. Jesus dealt with that up front. Your sins are forgiven you. Amen. The devil cannot use sin on you to disqualify you from your miracle. If you'll remember, my sins are forgiven. I mean, and if you've done something wrong, repent. Once you repent, the word says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So once you confess, you're clean. You are clean. Amen. Don't let the enemy use condemnation of the past, condemnation of, of, a, of a past sinful life to disqualify you or to, uh, to dismiss you from, from your miracle, from your healing. Remember this, I'm forgiven. And therefore, if I'm forgiven, I'm clean. Amen. Jesus dealt with the sin problem. Amen. Verse 21 tells us, and the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason and to question and argue. 
Now, I, I, want you to, I want you to know this. Reason is doubt in disguise. Yes. That's, right. That's right. That's right. They begin to reason. What's this mean? Calculate, figure out. They're yeah. trying to mentally evaluate right. this. And when they did, it said they reasoned, they questioned, and the next word, they argued. If you get in that mental, are mental arena, yeah. get in that, that arena of reason, you'll end up arguing against God instead of for your miracle. Right. Amen. 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 So they reasoned, they questioned, they argued and saying, who is this man who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But Jesus, knowing their thoughts and questionings, answered them. Why do you question in your hearts which is easier to say your sins are forgiven you or to say rise and walk? So he didn't say which is harder. He said which is easier. Why? Because it's all easy with God. It's all easy with God. The forgiving of sins is easy with God. Amen. The cleansing of the cleansing of sins is easy with God. Why? By the blood of Jesus. It's easy. Jesus did the hard part, gave us the easy part. That all we have to do is confess and believe. That's the easy part. <laughs> Amen. Uh, so uh, your sins are forgiven you as easy and him saying arise and walk is easy. Don't you call your condition hard. Don't you, now it might be hard to the medical industry, but don't accuse God of the same limitations of, a me, of the medical industry. That's real good. Thank God the medical industry is trying to help people, but they, they've got limits. And so there's a, there's, a, there's a point that things cross over from being easy to being difficult. But with God, it's all easy. It's all easy. If we think it's hard, we make it hard. God doesn't make it hard because it's all easy for God. So we all have to adjust our thinking. Getting that big bill paid is not hard. It's easy. Uh, receiving the home I need is not hard. It's easy. Receiving the healing I need, it's not hard. It's easy. Because the wrong thinking will always hold it in the hard place making it hard to receive, hard for God to do, but it's all easy. And I love this, how Jesus said, which is easier, not which is harder. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's right. Amen. Hallelujah. As I said, Jesus did the hard part, left us the easy part. Yes. Amen. Amen. Verse 24. Uh, but Jesus went on and he, well, let me start with verse 23 again. Which is easier to stay? Your sins are forgiven you or to say, arise and walk about? Verse 24, but that you may know that the son of man has the power of authority and the right on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I say to you, arise, pick up your stretcher and go to your own house. Yes. Now, what does he mean by that? You can't see if someone's forgiven. Mm -hmm. That's right. You can't see if someone is cleansed from their sin, but you can see if their body's functioning when it didn't when it didn't function before. So he's saying you can look at the outward and know what I did to the inward. You can look at the healing of the man and know that I also forgave him on the inside. His heart is clean. His heart is clean. Amen. I remember years ago, I was um, back in the 80s. Um, I took a tent and I would go into inner cities. And I would get food, clothes, and toys. Mm -hmm. 
and I set up two tents. One I would preach in and one was held all the food, clothes, and toys. So what I would do when people would come in, they'd want food, clothes, and toys. They had to go over to the tent where the service was and we would give them a coupon that would get them food, clothes, and toys. They had to listen to me preach. And then after they listened to me preach, then they could go get the items. If they got up and left the tent where I was preaching, we took back the coupon. You had to stay for the preaching to get the goods. And we would have hundreds of people that would line up before even the service time to come to get the items. And there were hundreds that got, that were saved and healed. And I would take them one at a time and minister healing to them. I'd give an altar call, get them born again, get them filled with the Holy Ghost. And then I would lay hands on the sick one at a time. And I would not let them sit down till they were healed. Nobody sits down till they're healed. One service I had, uh, and we never, no one ever sat down unhealed that came up for healing. No one. Why? Because miracles belong to the unsaved. Once they, that's that to the world. Once we got them born again, that belonged to them, that healing. And, and I mean, God showed off for them. And there was one man that came up and very distinguished looking man, dressed beautifully, very handsome, attractive man, very put together. And um, he really stood out in that healing line that night. And uh, I said to him, what is it that you need? And he said, I'm a drug dealer. And I go, well, that's why he's dressed so well. (laughs) (laughs) He's a drug dealer. And he said, um, he said, I'm tormented in my mind. And he said, I want to be free from drugs. And he said, but I have one eye that's blind. And I said, okay. I said, um, people would not, the, the congregation here cannot tell if you got set free from drugs when I pray for you. They won't be able to tell that immediately. But they will be able to set, tell if you can read out of that blind eye. Yeah. So I said, let's get your eye healed as proof to the congregation that God also sets you free from the drug addiction and they can be set free too. And so we did. I prayed first for his eyes and his eye opened up and he just sat and read something out of that blind eye, covered his good eye and read out of that blind eye. Why? Because they could tell the physical condition. So they had, it helped them to believe that the spiritual condition would also be dealt with. The the spiritual condition they couldn't see, right? This is what Jesus was talking about. He said, when when someone's healed, it's also a sign, I forgive them. I cleanse them. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, so let's go, let's go on. And Jesus said to this man, he said, arise, take up your stretcher and go to your own house. So we know this, Jesus gave him something to obey. I said, Jesus gave him something to obey. Why does God tell us to do something? Because we are co-laborers with God. That's right. That when we bring our part and our supply, um, then we are putting ourselves in the flow of miracles because obedience creates an atmosphere for miracles. God gives us something to obey. You know, you'll find this out in the, the miracle of Jesus turning the water into wine. Remember what Mary told the servants, whatsoever he says to you, do it. Whatsoever he says to you, do it. If you want a miracle, do whatever he says to you. He's going to tell you something. He's going to give you something to obey. 
Why? Because your obedience is an invitation for him to, to do his work. Amen. 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 Your obedience is your faith. Yes. Amen. Amen. Verse 25, let's read it together. Um, and instantly the man stood up before them. Who's them? Who's them? Remember who was in the house? The Pharisees, the doctors of the law, the ones reasoning, the ones calculating, the ones arguing against this. Instantly the man stood up before all of them. <laughs> all of the reasonings, all of the calculations. He stood up before them, picked up what he had been lying on and went out to the house. I tell you, he came in one way and went out another Amen. way, didn't he? Yes. Came in yes. through a roof, went out through a door. <laughs> he came in paralyzed and went out whole. Yes. Amen. Amen. He picked up what he had been lying on and went away to his house, recognizing and praising and thanking God. And overwhelming astonishment and ecstasy seized them all and they recognized and praised and thanked God. And they were filled with and controlled by reverential fear and kept saying, we have seen wonderful and strange and incredible and unthinkable things today. Yes. Notice of all of those people, remember what, how we started, the power of the Lord was present to heal yes. them. Notice, we never see another record of anyone in this setting being healed. Yeah. Yes. They sat there, they appreciated that he was healed. They praised God that he was healed, but what about them? You can go to church if you're not careful and just appreciate seeing others get blessed. But what about you? God wants you to have your answer. God wants you to have your need met. Don't just be content to watch someone else partake. You become a partaker. Amen, because it belongs to you. I said that power belongs to you. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. It doesn't say the power of the Lord was present to heal him. Yeah. It says it was, there, it was there to heal them. So few ever get what the power of the Lord is there to do. Yes. But decide you're going to be the one that gets it. Yes. Amen. Amen. How do you get it? You cooperate with it. You respond to it. You do what God tells you to do. Listen, just being present where power was didn't heal anybody else. You can be present where power is. You can be present where the healing anointing is flowing. But without faith, it won't enter. Right. Yes. That's good, Pastor. With your faith, you lay hold of it for yes. yourself. Amen. And I say this, don't leave the power in the room. Take it with you. Amen. When you come to church, don't leave the power in the building. Take it home with you. Yes. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we've been teaching out of my book called The Healer Divine. We want to get that copy into your hands. It's really just all the healing miracles that ha happened under Jesus' earthly ministry, and we study them line by line because we want to keep feeding our faith on the subject of divine healing. Amen. So we invite you, go to DufresneMinistries.org and order your copy. Let us know that you want one and we'll send it to you. And remember this until next time, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In this classic book by Nancy Dufresne, we are presented with a study of the healings of Jesus. 
Your own faith will be stirred to believe and act as the healed God has made you to be. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.